sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Our number two, Dane Martinez and my man, the candle burner, Kevin Walsh, who had an opportunity to recharge the candle yesterday with his off day, but he is back <laughs> and better than ever. Kev, we haven't had an opportunity yet to talk about all the injuries going into this week. And now that we had practice reports yesterday, we can break them down a little bit more. Who didn't practice? Who was limited? Who looks like they will be back? So I want to spend a couple of minutes on that. So let's look at the injuries and some of the practice reports i gotta tell you something i am intrigued by deontay johnson being back at full practice for the pittsburgh steelers and i gotta tell you something kev i fear that this tampers some of the crazy love on chase claypool chase claypool has been a revelation over the last couple of weeks right scoring multiple touchdowns and deontay johnson wasn't there Deontay Johnson led this team in targets early in the season, right? He is a weapon. And so I ask you, you know how we talk about the pieces of the pie, the usage, the herd. Now, this could be great. I actually think it is great for the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense, right, to have Juju, to have Johnson, to have Claypool, even James Washington. It helps Pittsburgh, and it helps Big Ben. I think it could start to become a little frustrating, though, when you have a Juju, when you have a Claypool, when you have Johnson, and these guys mm. are now part of this high-level fantasy herd at wide receiver. It's kind of like Kansas City on some level. Like, Watkins will blow up, or Hill, or Hardman. Now with the full complement in Pittsburgh, I can almost say the same thing, Kev. You buy it? I buy it. So here's who I think you are going to need to help. Not the Chase Claypool fantasy manager. You picked him up on waivers, fab, right. whatever it might be, but your roster was not constructed to lean on Chase Claypool's production. Sure. You want to pick him up as your wideout team, right? hopefully. Deontay Johnson. Now, you drafted him, obviously, a little bit earlier. You've yeah. been happy when he's been out there. The injuries are concerning. But again, odds are your roster construction, you'll be fine. Here's who I think they need your advice. The Juju Smith. Juju. Uh, like, what are we doing here? Is he wide receiver three in this team? Because it now, if I if I were somebody who's rostering Juju Smith-Schuster, I am trying to figure out, is this my last opportunity to get any value for my wideout one? Or do I need to stand pat here because... This is my wideout one. Yeah. Um, I am a little concerned about Juju because I do believe that Big Ben, as a Hall of Fame quarterback, is not going to force feed his number one wide receiver. Okay? He's going to go where their matchup dictates. And the fact that he's growing in trust and confidence in Claypool and in Dio and in these other guys, right? Even Snell and McFarland out of the backfield, to be quite honest, I think hmm. that does give me a little bit of a concern about if you thought Juju was going to be like this target monster no the slices of the pie i believe are changing yesterday however joe pizapia were in was in here for you and juju was someone he identified as a buy low 
He thinks the opposite. He thinks that Juju is the number one wide receiver and that will perform like that even with these guys back. He also mentioned, and this is while true, I don't put a ton of stock into it, the idea that Juju is also in the last year of that contract and that he wants to ball out, that sort of thing, which is fine, but Pittsburgh sees their secession plan, and its name is Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. So I'm kind of with you. I have a little bit of concern. I would want to see how it plays out as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country. But you're right. You drafted Deontay Johnson probably as a flex wide receiver, I would say, mm-hmm. right? And that could still be val- valid. The gap in prop, uh, you know, expectation could be with Juju if this settles into a herd. And I think because Big Ben – he ain't, you know, prejudiced. He's just going to, you know, throw where it's open. I agree with you. I do think that is a concern. I also want to make the point here. Someone who is still out is Christian McCaffrey, Kev. Okay, we had started to wonder about when he would come back. I believe Mike Davis's success buys them more time. But it seems like, you know, they have come out and say, Rula said it won't be this week, maybe next week. Um, I ask you again. Are they going to preserve CMC at all when they come back? Will Mike Davis still have a role? So I think part of the reason we haven't seen him yet, and this was kind of with the update, is you can bet right now on the Week 8 game for the Panthers. It's Thursday night football. So Mm. they clearly want him back for that game. That game being against the Atlanta Falcons. I don't want to say they're punting against the Panthers, but... Uh, or against the Saints, excuse me, rather. But certainly that Falcons game will be labeled as more winnable, and that's where you'd want McCaffrey back. And I would say that Thursday nighter is the last game that McCaffrey might miss because there's conversation he might be back for that one, and then they'd have the extended week. So, you know, we're getting closer to the CMC return. It just it begs the question that, you know, you've been asking, totally fair, is a guy who's been performing to Mike Davis's level just going to get put back in the in the closet? And yeah. I, I lean towards yes, because it's McCaffrey. But if McCaffrey, even if McCaffrey's 100%, is it necessary to have him be a 100% back? Yeah. Based on the production of Mike Davis, not really. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing, but do they need him to be a bell cow anymore? Maybe not. And it's similar, you know, you just thought that Mike Davis, you know, when you talked about Juju, right, you thought they'd use them all. So maybe with Mike Davis, they use them all. When we come back on the other side of the break here on the early line, we talked about the guys we think will go, the guys we know will not go, the limited guys that in practice. I want to ask you what your level of concern is for some of those guys, because there's some big names on that list, and we'll touch it when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. (laughs) 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here on to the early line, hour number two. And we're starting to look at the NFL here, right? We're going to talk about Eagles and the G-Men, which get week, oh, what is it, week seven, off to a good start tonight. But we still got to talk about some of these injuries. I think it's important to talk about the impact on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense now that they have their full complement of receivers. We talked also about how will Carolina handle the return of Christian McCaffrey. But the guys who are did not practice and were limited, I find interesting as well kev if we could put the graphic back up look at the guys who did not practice yesterday and the one i want to zone in on is joe mixon in cincinnati he had a foot injury um in week six but then he did kind of come back for limited work i you know Mm. If Mixon is not there for Cincinnati and he didn't practice, obviously you're going to have to see like how it trends and what direction it trends. But I think Mixon is so valuable for Joe Burrow um, in that offense that I, you know, I like to usually bet the Burrow over attempts. If there's no Joe Mixon, Burrow may put it up 55, 60 times. This team, for what they love, Giovanni Bernard. I mean, they we're, they're going to retire in this guy's jersey. He's going to be there forever. Let me go this way, okay? A decision that uh, uh, potentially a manager might have to make. Boston Scott. Yeah. Or let's say if you've got the handcuff of a Mixon Giovanni Bernard on your roster. How do you navigate that? I navigate that. I like Boston Scott better tonight. Uh, The reason is that Cincinnati has other weapons, right? The A.J. Greens, the T. Higgins is of the world. That passing game, right? The Eagles passing game is also compromised, right? And also, I believe, and I I think you would as well, that there is a better chance for a positive game script for Philadelphia than there is for Cincinnati in this week as well. So you add all those things up, and then most notably, what I ultimately think will happen is that Mixon will be on the field, and neither one of those Mm. Cincinnati backs will get their actual load. I know Boston Scott is last man standing for Philly. Can I go then to the other back in that game who's on this yeah. injury list in Kareem yes. Hunt? Yeah, I don't know what to do here, okay? Because based on their first encounter, yeah. Kareem Hunt might have the highest yards rushing. <laughs> no, but he he might have the highest rushing yards prop on the board, higher than Derrick Henry, considering he plays Pittsburgh, right? right? He's going to be the biggest DFS player of the week. He's obviously in season long, you have to start him. That's not the question. But I'm talking about here on the props market, and you're even here for your DFS players, Dane. Because yeah. he's limited, maybe they're in control to a degree that we don't see... 25 carries for Kareem Hunt. I mean, is there any world where he is not a top five back for week seven? Because that's going to be the big expectations, right? I mean, who goes in front of him? Okay, Alvin Kamara because he's Kamara. Matchup, cool. I mean, after that, I think you could argue Kareem Hunt. Zeke? But, like, not off a shining performance, I hear you. right? Yeah. Aaron Jones has a sweet matchup. Derrick Henry has what is labeled right. as the nightmare matchup, but he's Derrick Henry. I think my point is the conversation about Kareem Hunt's rank this week starts at two. Being limited, 
like, do we trust this workload to be what it could so, be because of the matchup, because of the game script? So here's the thing. I, I, I'm not ready to say Cleveland's going to run away and hide in this game, though. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily know that. I got a sneaky feeling about a division matchup here that'll be a little bit of a tighter game than it sounds like you do. Um, Is that good for him? It's it's good for him maybe in the past game, but not for a rushing yards prop, in my opinion. If you're talking about it from a rushing yards prop, no. If you're talking about him from a overall DFS or fantasy production, then sure, right? But I don't think Cleveland's going to be up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and just turning and handing it to Kareem Hunt. The best chance for that happening is Baker's mom having not raised a wuss and him still being compromised out there, and they yeah. know they can't throw the ball, and they need to lean a little bit more on the run game. So I don't know if i have a definitive path in that one the one other injury here that i want to talk about it's interesting curtis samuel there with mccaffrey we talk about landry there as well as kareem hunt john smith who has been something of a revelation at the tight end position i think he's a top five tight end so far this year in terms of fantasy points scored and he is uh nursing a shoulder injury remember Mm. the rest of the titans are also you know working their way back as well and that you know john smith could be very important especially after Devin Bush is out for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the middle of that field in what we believe will be a big-time AFC game. But, you know, Kev, uh, Sam Darnold is practicing again. Um, So I want to ask you, like, we laugh and ha-ha-ha, the Jets, they're horrible, they're 0-16 and all that good stuff, fire gaze, right? Fine. But, I mean, Joe Flacco was pathetic, right? Correct. Uh, 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 An active Sam Darnold is better. Just is, right? An active Sam Darnold with Brashard Perryman back, Jamison Crowder back, maybe Denzel Mims on the horizon. I'm not saying they're going to beat Buffalo because Sam Darnold is back. But might there be value on like a team total for the Jets, which at this point has been absolutely pathetic. You know, maybe they can get to 17 under Sammy D. Um, I find it interesting also, as you know, Kev, the fact that they gave him whatever injection, right? And he was able to play the second half, but now has missed the last two games. There's also the concept of the first overall draft pick, Sam Darnold's future with the franchise as an overlay here. Talk to me about Sam Darnold getting back into the swing of things. Are we going to see Sam I am again? Oh, boy. I, and does I it matter? Know, it, I think it matters problem. a little bit. Darnold okay. is an upgrade over Flacco. Come on. I totally agree. But I just don't know how much the, the numbers are moving with Darnold. I don't know how much it matters for this team. They are so beaten down. They are so beaten. This is what we talked about, right? Yeah. Is that the. The energy and the morale of this team is why 0 16's on the table, right? Fair. 0 6, like, all, you know, teams going winless through six weeks is not new, right? It's sure. what are we seeing? Is there growth? Is there things to be excited about? This is the exact opposite. That's why everything is so bleak for this football team. They're in 13 and a half points at home. I mean, that's unimaginable, right? That really is. Yeah. And if this thing crosses to 14 and then hits 14 and a half, and I don't know if it will. I don't know if it will, but at that point, the number's far gone. You've crossed the key number. Who cares? It gets up to 16 and a half at that point then, right? Like, right. I just, 
I think the team total thing though is. I think that would like be the only way I'd better, back right? the Jets. They look. Guess. They're gonna look a little bit better, right? And I, I guess. I mean, Frank Gore and Lamichael P. Run are the backs. Yeah. Like, oh, I know. Is, De- is Denzel <laughs> Mims gonna? Be a thing I, at some point. I, I, care less about Prashad Perriman. Yeah, no, I like Prashad Perriman got saved because Jameis Winston had to throw the ball five hundred times a game and just kept and yucking it down Godwin the field. Down. Evans and like, Godwin yeah, like he's at the end of last Rashad year. Perriman's had you know four good weeks in his career. Like, and they were last year's. I, and I the just, funny part also for me is that the Jets decided yeah. to pay Bashard Perryman similar money to what Robbie Anderson wound up getting in Carolina. And now Robbie Anderson is performing like a top 10 wide receiver. I hear you. And I'm not trying to like put on, you know, rose colored glasses here. I do. I wonder, though, if because the narrative has gone so far about humiliating and making fun of the Jets. And I think we do have to accept that Sam Darnold is an upgrade and like maybe they look a little bit better. However, to your point, if you're talking about running back props, right, and stuff like that, Devin Singletary needs to be thought about because they're playing the New York Jets this week. And, you know, everyone can produce against them. But we are going to turn our attention away from the dumpster fire that is the Jets. And when we come back, we turn our attention to other dumpster fires, the other teams in New York, the entire NFC East. And we try to make sense of Thursday night football and the implications for tonight's game on on the division, which I can't believe I'm saying is still live and everyone's within a game. So these two division matchups in week seven really matter. And we will talk about it when we come back on the other side of the Sports Grid News Update. Get ready, Kev. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. We also welcome our radio affiliates from around the country. Thanks for waking up early with us on the early line. Hopefully you get all the edge you need to make it a profitable day. Kev, let's talk now. We, You know, week seven kicks off. We didn't have Thursday night football last week. So we have the return of Thursday night football, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. But I got to start, Kev. You know, the Eagles are so banged. And we've talked about it earlier in the week, right, with Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders going down. But let's take a bigger step back, right? There's a reason we've been talking about, you know, Travis Fulgham from Old Dominion for the last few weeks, right? If I look at them at the beginning of the season, right, their top three wide receivers were Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and the kid Jalen Rager at the top of the depth chart. They're all gone. One of the reasons that the Eagles offense is good is they have pretty much the best one-two punch at tight end in the NFL. Well, Zach Ertz ain't there. Dallas Goddard ain't there either, right? Okay, no problem. We'll turn and rely on Miles Sanders, our ascending young back, who has multiple, like, 70-yard runs so far this season. Yeah, not going to be able to do that either. So we are talking about like Ward, Boston Scott. We're talking about an increased package for Jalen Hurts, for goodness sakes. 
which may be a good thing, but they're turning to this because they have to. Desperate times call for desperate measures. How desperate are the Philadelphia Eagles regarding injury here? It looks like the O-line banged up too, but I think Lane Johnson may give it a go, Kev? Yeah, thank goodness Lane is back. Um, we'll get to the picks, but Lane Johnson's basically the most important player in this game yeah. to me. Um, I really can't wrap my head around it. I got to be honest with you, Dane. Um, last year, they were banged up to a degree that I couldn't imagine. Right. And this is just me talking as a fan. I really had my heart ripped out when they went to the playoffs and played Seattle. All I wanted was to watch Wentz play a playoff game. That's all I wanted. Well, McCallum he had done it. wanted for you. <laughs> he, no, okay. People think I'm kidding when I say this. So, and maybe because you said that, you, you won't. They were going to win that game if Wentz stayed healthy. Seattle, for whatever reason, couldn't move the ball. The fact that Josh McCown had a shot with the game on the line to go down there and tie it. Like, we know home field advantage matters. I truly believe Wednesday's healthy, they win that football game. Again, does it matter? No. But that game really, like, really broke me. I... I just like, come on, like I'm just trying to watch do play a playoff game, man. So we come into this year, right? And I'm talking draft. We draft hurts. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on here? Whatever, fine. Like I get excited about it. I like the kid. And then Brooks gets hurt. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Mm-hmm. And then Goddard gets, you know, knocked out in a rush. I'm like, oh no, what's going on? And quietly to people who I trust. I'm telling, hey, this might be bad. This might yeah. be a disaster season. And it's been worse than I could imagine. I, I mean, the injuries don't make sense. Like, right. not only, right, the first-round pick, Rieger, is terrible. While the guy who we all thought they were going to take went the next pick, Justin Jefferson is balling out, right? Yeah. But Rieger's hurt. We don't even know. Deshaun... I can't even tell you how much that upsets me that we can't get this guy healthy. Who knows when Alshon will ever play football again? Yeah. By the way, they traded for Marquise Goodwin on draft night to that's make sure right. that there was depth in the wide receiver room. He opts out. No, opts no out. will will there. But that's a real thing. Goddard emerging, Ertz struggling, can't get him to stay healthy. Now Miles Sanders. Dane, that is literally no hyperbole. The top seven skill players on the depth chart when the draft ended are not available for Philly going into tonight's football game. It, I, I've made the point a lot of times that the reason why I think Philly has value is because they will get better because they will get healthier. Right. Apparently that's not promised because not only have they not gotten healthier, it's gone the other way. They've gotten even more injured as this season has gone on. I don't know what to say. Yeah, no, I hear you, right? When you think you're going to start getting people back, maybe Deshaun Jackson this week, maybe Dallas Goddard next week, then bang, you lose Miles Sanders. Bang, you lose Zach Ertz. I completely understand this. You know, what I was thinking when you were talking about, like, the worst injury luck ever and stuff, you know that I'm a closet Chargers fan, right? And so the Chargers seem to also be snake-bitten in a similar way, right? Like, can we ever get Derwin James on the field, right? Can this entire defense be healthy? Can all the weapons? be there and you know a team that on paper looks really strong right but then gets snake bitten in some way but one of the things you said there kev is that this could really go bad and you know what's funny 
if you objectively look at it, it has really gone yeah. bad, right? Yes. Like they're what one, oh, four, and one, right? Yeah. But then, relative to the rest of the division, That's it insane. now doesn't look that bad anymore, right? Because yeah. at one, four, and one, you're only half a game back. You win this week, and you're in first place because other also rands in this division, the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys, who's going at it with the red rifle and a defense that you and I and our guy Venmo Bryan can probably make up the secondary for, right? Like, it's all still in front of them. Honestly, if, like, if the Eagles play 500 ball from here mm-hmm. on out, I think they win the division. You know what I mean? However, one of the big... Division matchups that they will need to get in the win column in order to do that. It's a home division game. And, you know, we talk about this objectively and then subjectively. Kev, subjectively, they are hosting a division opponent that is a half a game back of them in the division, right? In a game where all four teams are within a game. This is a huge matchup tonight. Down I-95 and the Eagles at home are four and a half point favorites. 45 is the total. It, it is a it is a monster game, okay? There's no exaggeration that... And I, I, by the way, we're getting there. Eventually, I'm just going to have to staunchly defend the NFC East because I'm tired. I'm tired of the stuff. Like, it's ah, it's just such slanders. Whatever. They are terrible, but these are my guys. I'm going to start defending everybody at some point. The matchups that take place this week in the NFC East are yeah. so, so big. The Giants come in, though, as a new darling. And I can't believe this. I, I like we we started to have a conversation off air. I cannot believe the way people have soaked up a team being a one and a half point favorite and being unable to cover that number against the Washington football team. They scored twenty points in the game. One of those being a defensive touchdown against the Washington football team, who had given up thirty plus four straight weeks entering. Daniel Jones has thrown a touchdown pass since week Mm -hmm. one. A singular touchdown pass. And I have to say, like, Dane, you, right, we did the little gentleman's bet of the Giants team total going up against the worst defense in football, right? Yes. And ultimately, do I leave that game higher on the Giants offense even though it went over the number? No. And I know you didn't either because then you smartly were like, Hey, what do you think about the Giants team total going up against the Washington football team? (laughs) Now, I didn't take the bait. To be fair, I thought about it quite a bit. Dane, they didn't get over the number against the Washington football team that has been giving up points after points after points. Explain to me why anybody is impressed with that performance. Because at the end of the day, if people are making the argument that there is value on this team, there is now a, a big gap between the Giants and the Washington football team in the futures market. Except the Giants are four-and-a-half-point dogs this week, and Washington's a pick against Dallas in a game that if they win, they are no worse than a half-game back of the division lead. I don't understand the Giants' love off of that result. I I think it's insane. So here's what I would say. I do not love the Giants. Okay, I do not love the Giants. That's not what this is about, right? 
Remember when we had the AL Central, Kev? And at one point we were like, how is a team that's only two games back this kind of a number? It could be done. It could be completely different. I think that was like a Friday, right? And we were saying by Monday, oh my goodness, the team that's in third place can be in first. And because of that, this number is value, right? I believe it's not about, like, I don't think any, I don't think, any of the four teams are good, Kev. Okay? Mm-hmm. I thought the Eagles could be good. The reason the Eagles aren't good is they're so injured. The reason the Cowboys aren't good is their defense is trash and they're on their backup quarterback. The reason the Washington football team is not good is because I never thought they would be good and Kyle Allen does hmm. not inspire confidence. The reason the Giants are not good is because I don't believe in their first-year head coach. Their best offensive talent is on IR with a torn ACL and Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. Okay, none of them are good. Mm-hmm. However, in an NFC East division market, there will be a winner. Okay, and so yeah. with that, then I apply the same thing that I've seen you do before, right? The AL Central odds when it was tight in baseball playoff series. You say like, "Hey, these numbers are gonna move a lot because if this team gets the win, then." It's going to go down from like, you know, 320 to 120 and you get value if you get it early. I'm applying that logic, Kev. Now, when you have four teams that are within a game with 10 games left to go, Kev, they're all by and they all suck. They're all by and we don't think any of them will be over 500. Then you look at the value. I have no idea, Kev, how the Cowboys are minus money right now to win the playoffs. That's ridiculous. And I we've also always said that that inherently then means they're undervaluing somewhere else. And I think they're undervaluing the Giants and Washington. Whoever wins these games today will be in first place in the NFC East. And if you can get them at 850 or 12, it's interesting. Let's talk about it more after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody. Right here on to the early line. Kevin and I, we're talking about Philly, New York. We'll talk about our picks for the games and props, but we're on this conversation about the division as well. And, Kev, you know, in the baseball playoffs, you've done things like this, right? With a team down 1-0, you're like, if I'm going to bet them to win tonight, I might as well bet them to win the series because then that number Mm -hmm. will change, right? So I want to use that as a reference point. We talked about the AL Central odds and that sort of thing. And you know how I like to do that kind of win probability, give you an odds and what that kind of means in terms of the percentages and i'm gonna be rough here if we could put up the nfc east odds to win the division what i'm seeing is the dallas cowboys at minus 105 i'm gonna give you rough numbers here okay that translates Mm -hmm. kev to something slightly over 50 percent okay they are saying that it's like call it a 55 percent chance that the cowboys win this division I think that's ridiculous. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know. So do you. So then inherently there's value somewhere else. The Eagles at, you know, call it almost plus 150, almost three to two, right? That's almost 40%. I'm going to give you a number. We're going to, you know, rough math here. Call it like 38%. Okay. Okay. They're saying that the Cowboys are like 52, 53% to win this division. They're saying the Eagles are like 37%, let's say, to win this division. Mm -hmm. A a bet of 
the Giants at like say nine to one, that supposes a ten percent chance. Okay, mm. and Washington is also right now something at like a seven percent chance. That adds up to slightly more than a hundred. But you get my drift, right? Yeah. You add that to the fact that because the Eagles and the Giants are playing this weekend, because the Cowboys and the Washington football team are playing this weekend, and literally when we sit here on Monday morning, Kev, any of the four teams can technically be in first place when we wake up on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. That means to me that the idea of it being only a 10% chance for the Giants or Washington is value, mostly because Dallas is crazy. Right. But I'm not saying I think these teams are good. Right. I just told you, I think all four suck for different reasons. But Mm -hmm. any team that can wake up Monday morning in first place that is being booked as a 10 percent chance or even less with the football team's case. I just see it as value. And I think you've done it in this way before with series and baseball. So, like, I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying mm-hmm. there's value because they're so bunched up. And for the book to think one team is over 50% chance and another, the other two to be around 10, I'll take a swing. So you're, you're very smart. You're buttering me up because you know I love playing the futures market for value. Okay? Quickest way to my heart. Here's You are, though, starting to hit on something that Talk to me. when this Giants love is happening, nobody's talking about. And okay. that's the big reason why I'm annoyed. If you're going to have this value conversation... Yeah. It's Washington. It's 12 to 1. I say the Giants or Washington. I'm saying all four teams can be and, in first and, place. And but that's a very important distinction. Okay. That's right. Here's what Washington has. They're both value. Right? They're both value. But but there's a there's a, a 350 gap, right? There's a 350 gap. Here's what Washington has. A win over Philly. Yes. Hosting Dallas this week at a pick'em. And a home game against the Giants left. And based on the performance that the Giants put forward, we know Washington will be favored in that football game. I'm not going to guarantee you they win the football game, okay? Because it'll be but that's what we know. Yes. That's what we know. The likelihood, you want to go through probability, right, of okay. numbers shrinking. It is, by the odds, more likely Washington wins this week than the Giants. So, if this 850 number that a lot of people are starting to fall in love with. They're, despite the fact that they were a two-point convert... This, the, the reason also why I'm really annoyed by all of this, and I don't know what it is, but it's really set me off. If the Washington football team converts that two-point conversion, oh, yeah. the Giants are talked about as the Jets, and Washington's the darling. That, like... Like it's a two we're a two point conversion away from this giant well, team this being written off. Because this division is so blunt guts trash, Kev. Anyone yes. could be the darling on a week to week basis. But but th- like that's why we have to keep a level head here. The Giants at eight fifty. If and this is the this is what I will say. If you're gonna play that number, you split the units up. You play them on a money line against Philly. Okay. And by the way, if you're if you're gonna say, listen, I'm gonna bet against the most banged-up team in football, I struggle to argue against that, okay? I really do. But okay. you better not be playing this 850, okay, if you don't think they're going to win tonight. That's a very oh, important... Right. No, because no, no, of that value doesn't exist. It, no, again, if well, they win, yes. 100%. So that's an important distinction to make. As everybody is telling you, this is where the value lies, this is where the value lies, right? 
they better win Absolutely. this week. Absolutely. Because Tonight. otherwise, Tonight. they drop right back below 10 to 1. You've made a trash bet at 850, which is hard to do. It's hard to make no, a bad bet at plus 850. They lose tonight. No, you made a bad bet. I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. And maybe I can ingratiate myself to you more so you don't think I'm one of these crazy guys. I am going to be specific. I believe the value is on the Giants and the football team. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I would also say, Kev, if you can find me another division in football where there's a team that's a game out of first place and at plus 850 or 10 to 1, I'll take yes. them too. Okay? I'll take them too. All right? If you can mm-hmm. show me somehow that the Raiders uh, or or the, the, the Bears or, you know, the Buccaneers or the Dolphins, if they're laying all that way also... I'll think their value also from the same kind of thing. A team that's a game back, but it's even more value in this case because being under 500 may still get it done in the context of this, right? For To be in the AFC West as a second-place team, right? I still need them to get to 11 wins because I believe in Kansas City. I do not believe in Dallas. I like Philly's roster. I like them on paper. Mm. But they're so compromised, Kev. Okay, that's what it is for me, for the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me, though, just because you're not going to get this anywhere else. And I promise you this. Nobody that does this better than the early line. I stand by this. That plus 850 bet? Awful. Because you can get it at 870 at the same shop. Giants to make the playoffs, yes, is plus 870. And by the way, you've bought yourself the world's craziest scenario of them being a wild card team. Washington, yeah. that 12 to 1 bet, available at plus 1260. So, just yep. so everybody knows, just so yep. everybody knows, those bets are also really bad. You won't get that anywhere else, by the way. Everyone's just going to look at the division market. Yeah. I don't mean to take, I'm not taking shots anywhere else on the network, but this is what Dane and I have been doing for a long time. Okay. True. I've been preaching this uh, as much as anybody here on the network. You shop at the FanDuel Sportsbook. You shop all over the place. There are different markets for the same bets. Absolutely. The numbers should be shorter for the Giants to make the playoffs right, you than get to the, win the division. The, the, the slim chance that the wild card comes from the NFC East, which, albeit, Correct. is a slim chance. But listen, I'll take that extra percentage point. Sure. And, you for know, free. I saw this, Kev. Absolutely. I saw this, Kev, on the other side, in the other way. Okay? And you'll you'll love this. Go, go look at what Dallas is make miss playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? They are minus 105 to win the division. They're minus yeah. 110 to miss the playoffs. They're minus 110 on both sides. <laughs> Make miss the playoffs. So I think you're absolutely right. There's multiple ways to skin the cat. And I am saying this as a conditional thing. If mm-hmm. the Giants win this week, if the football team wins this week, then yeah. we've got some value on our hands because of the compression of this division. There are 10 games left in the NFC East. And there are teams that are one game back and you could potentially get as much as 10 or 12 to 1 on. Is it ugly? Will you have to close your nose and your eyes for most of the season? Yes. But this is how we start to try to put bets together here on the early line. That's how we give you the edge on Sports Grid. Let's zone in, though, Kev, on mm-hmm. tonight. Okay? Because, you know, we're talking about this as the linchpin in the entire freaking division, right? So yeah. I believe the Eagles are a better team. I do. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles are severely compromised. 
as you know, as we've outlined, we don't need to, you know, kind of jab you with it anymore. At some point, it matters, right? You were talking about the top seven skill players from their opening depth chart being down, right? We've said at some point, this has to mean something. Um, Why are we not at that point yet for you? Why do you believe this Eagles team at home on a short week can still beat this Giants team tonight? It's a great question. Here's why. The four best performances that this division has put forward outside of division games, right? So that removes Washington beating Philly, the Giants beating the Cowboys, or the Cowboys beating the Giants. The best performance, right, was the Eagles beating the Niners on Sunday Night Football. The third best performance was the Giants covering in a loss against the Rams. And the fourth best performance was was the Cowboys with their miraculous comeback against Atlanta. The second performance, I left it out on purpose. Trust me, I know how to count. I believe was the Eagles' loss but cover to the Ravens that happened last week. Ultimately, Philly has still been banged up in all of these games. Their last two games, I believe, Dane, have been massive signs of encouragement. It's why, despite now losing both of those games, I've not gotten off this team to win the division. They were right there, a field goal opportunity to take the lead, In Pittsburgh, they were right there, a two-point conversion to tie that game up against Baltimore. Two of the four best teams in the AFC, two of the six best teams in football. Philly, right there with. Right there with. That matters to me. Matters a whole lot more than beating Washington by skin of your teeth. Deshaun is back. Lane is back, that pushes me over the edge. Lane was out, we're having a much different conversation. Lane being back, plus the shot that Deshaun maybe catches a deep ball, I expect Philly to score in this game. Score more points than the Giants can reach. Okay, that's interesting. And I hear you about like looking good in losses. I bet Giants fans will tell you that the Giants held their own against Pittsburgh in the opener, that the Giants held their own against the Rams, who a lot of people think are better now in a 17-9 to win that didn't get salted away until Cooper Cup inside of five minutes. But I hear you, and I agree. Their win against San Francisco and the way they looked against Baltimore does give you uh, reason to be encouraged. You, though, are talking about now that Philly can score. You don't know if the Giants can get get to kind of their number, what they can reach. How does this happen? Talk to me about players in the prop bet market, Mm. because you're saying Philly's going to score. Like, who? Yeah. So, actually, the prop bet market is incredible tonight. So, Travis Fulham is 57.5 for receiving yards, right? Yeah. The book has said, that's wide out one. Deshaun Jackson returns, Dane, 36.5 receiving yards. I bet Deshaun one week in the props market. Thing was against the Bengals. And I lost, got cleaned out because he got hurt. And I said to myself, yeah. that's a lesson learned. You can't yeah, ever bet him again. <laughs> he doesn't have to, like, 36 and a half. I can get on a catch. I can get on a catch. You have, if you bet Deshaun Jackson, he gets hurt, you can't cry. You cannot cry. That's a bad beat. Okay? That is a low. Low number for Deshaun Jackson. I'm not sure I'm ready to tell you that Travis Fulham is wide out one on this team. 
Very important to read your pregame reports. Does he look like he's healthy? What's the snap count? Is it limited? But if Deshaun is a full go, again, he can still get hurt regardless if he's a full go. (laughs) But 36 and a half is a super light number for Deshaun Jackson. All right, fair enough. I think this is going to be a little bit more sloppy. I think this might be one of these under kind of games. I'll tell you the prop bets Mm. I'm looking at on the other side of the break, and then we'll get your play for Thursday Night Football when we finish up this episode of The Early Line. Come on right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line as we finish up today with Thursday night football going. Kev, this game has a total of 45, I believe, and I know overs are reigning supreme, but Thursday night football sometimes is a little bit more sloppy. There's so many reasons for these two teams to be sloppy. We know about divisional matchups as well. I smell sloppy under for some reason, and so while you're on wide receivers, right, like a Deshaun Jackson, I think Mm -hmm. this is going to be a little bit more conservative. Devontae Freeman, rushing and receiving, 73 and a half. Boston Mm. Scott, rushing and receiving, 74 and a half, right? I think this is going to be whichever one of those running back can move the ball in between the 20s. I can see a lower scoring game, even though I know that's the kiss of death in the NFL in 2020. Last week (laughs) came back a little bit with the unders, I guess. But I'm going to say this is an under. I I, I think the Eagles are very compromised, Kev, and I do believe – I'm. I'm going to take the points in this one. I'm going to take the Giants with the points. The the Eagles could win outright, okay? But this could easily be a 16-13 kind of thing, a last-second field goal kind of game, which the Eagles have beaten the Giants on before. So I will take the four-and-a-half points in what I think will be a low-scoring, slopping game. But if I had to go outright, I think the Eagles win, but don't cover tonight. I'm very excited for this game. I'm very nervous for this game. I'm very aggravated already no matter what happens because i will either be completely distraught tomorrow on this show yeah or i will be puffing my chest out over the eagles beating the giants right that's, over that's the eagles pretty much going what to we're two five and one and oh my how the division odds will move <laughs> two four and one two four and one don't don't throw a loss there hold on hold on now oh, all right we're, 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 we're holding steady my bad. Uh, I, i'll say this I Miles Sanders has been so good for this team. His absence does loom for me. Boston Scott week one was nine for 35 on the ground, and it was very puzzling why they didn't let him run more. Hmm. I think that's something to monitor as well. I'll let people know for live player props. Does Doug Peterson not trust Boston Scott enough in the run game to where Wentz's passing yards and passing attempts props? You should be looking to play over. Maybe you don't want to do it pregame, but you might be able to do it live at a nice number. Ultimately, I like Philly to cover this game. Uh, I think they take care of business here. The security the blanket that is Zach Ertz, they go, he's down as well. Could Corey Clement fall into the end zone in this one? Anything is live, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Have a great day. The morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.